the Our Secret Spot podcast, your look through the keyhole into Australia's hottest swingers club. Hi. <laughs> Sorry. Go. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Our Secret Spot, the podcast. My name is Lawrence. And I'm Jess. And today's episode is a guest interview podcast. We have a lovely guest of the club joining us today. <laughs> what are you laughing at? <laughs> I was just watching you fumble that. I always fumble it because I, I know I, I you really get the, he gets nervous, I think. I think he's nervous because it's, it's like a I live next to, it, and also like next to a pretty girl. So it's, it's a bit, not, it's not a bit necessarily scary. nervous. I'll take it as a compliment. A bit yeah. scary. I want to sound more professional than I really am. <laughs> <laughs> That's when I start to fumble even more. <laughs> and it's like, just give up, just Lawrence, and just say, just like, we have a guest interview podcast. Her name is Tilly. She's been to the club before, and she's going to tell you all about herself. I'm not going to do that for her. Hello. Welcome, Tilly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, tell us a little bit about yourself. <laughs> um, tell us some nice key facts that you're like, if you came into the club, this is what you tell us. Uh, oh, the, the okay. really like the, Well, it's the kind el- of like, I'm Jess, I'm the club owner, I'm bisexual, I have a partner, I have a child, and I'm about to have a gangbang. I don't know. <laughs> That's all I could think of. Yeah, so, the, okay. ele- the elevator pitch of Tilly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Hi. I'm Tilly, um, Tilly Hortopia. I have my own podcast called Hortopia. Um, I'm a sex worker. I've been a sex worker for like almost eight years, I want to say. Okay. Um, I've dabbled in like so many different fields of sex work. So like brothel work, massage work, done some stripping, but that's way too much work. <laughs> um, I now work privately. Yep. Um, and... I have a dog. Um, what is it? What is it again? Sorry. <laughs> Chinese crested. So he's crested. a hairless dog. Like the one yeah. from How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Exactly that. Yes. That one. <laughs> um, his name is Bobo and oh, he Bobo. is like having a toddler. Mm. So. <laughs> That's good. We'll get but to that. But like actually too. like mm-hmm. having a toddler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and so tell us, you've been to the club before. Um, club V from memory. Yes. Club V is the only event that I have been here. For OSS. Yes. Yay. And tell us about your experience because we actually have a Club V this weekend. I know and I'm so sad I'm missing it. I know. That's okay. We luckily do them quite often. You should Um, do them more often. I'm trying to build it up to that because I'm thinking I might do it bi-monthly. Just to get it kind of. Do you mean twice a month or every two months? Every two months. So like we do Pendulum, but I want to alternate with Pendulum. So Pendulum and then we have like a three C's on that month and then we, yeah. Anyway, it's it's all in my little brain yeah. up here. But yeah. tell me about your Club V experience. So I've been to two Club V's now. Um, I don't even know. Oh, no, I do know how I found out um, about this place. So I was on field at the start of this year and this girl messaged me and like her profile description was like this big, long essay and I like read through it and I messaged her and I was like, if I had the patience for like dating apps, I think I feel like my personal description would be very similar to yours. And mm-hmm. then she had on there, it was like one of her kinks was like G G G G G G G G G G G. And I was like, hmm. And then she messaged me and she was like, um, I'm trying to organize a like all fam orgy with mm-hmm. people that I've connected with on field. Are you interested? And I was like. I didn't know that I needed a lesbian orgy in my life until (laughs) it was offered to me. And then I was so excited and, like, we – there was, like, 15 of us. We, Mm -hmm. like, met at the pub to, like, meet and greet. Yeah, because you guys all piled in at once. I remember, like, signing you all in and being like, ooh, girl fest. Yeah. So we we went for a drink and then we were going to have this, like, 15-person orgy – and the, the person who was organising it, she was a project manager, of course. <laughs> wow. Did she get you in on her um, her Monday or Trello list? <laughs> <laughs> but, but what our issue was, um, was that we couldn't find somewhere to mm. have the orgy. Like a hotel room, you Not can't really have 15 people enjoying themselves comfortably. Yeah. Well, yeah, if you've only got one optimal space, that real estate is really prime. And then if there's six of you, that kind of takes up the whole bed, right? Exactly. And six isn't even half of oh the God, amount no, of people not. that we had. And so I was like, okay, let's, we've got to all kind of like be putting feelers out there <laughs> and like finding out where we can like do it. And then someone sent me our secret spot and was mm. like, oh, you should message them about like renting out the space. Mm. And I messaged you guys and you were like, um, it's going to be way too expensive to like hire out the whole place, just come to Club V. And then that, that lesbian orgy like failed. 
um, <laughs> because we literally just could not find an affordable space. Yeah. So right. that the logistics of it was what, you know, prevented it from happening because mm. we just – there are no physical spaces I'm other than... I'm surprised. It's like, usually it's like the, the breakdown of everyone's calendars. It's like, you know, it's just like, no, I've got to do this on well, this day yet. <laughs> well, I think for most of the people there, you know, it was it was something that they'd never experienced before. It was something that mm. they never had access to before. So, like, we were all kind of like, we'll make this work. Yeah. Like, yeah, whatever date, yeah. like, we will, we will we'll move turn things up. around. Yeah. Like, yeah. if we find the space, we will be there. Yeah. And then we just couldn't find a space. Yeah, it would and have been then, hard to arrange. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, well... I may as well go to Club V then because yeah. oh, so now that you, I you didn't come with this group. No, oh, no. Okay. So I thought you guys were the big. So we had a group of girls, and it was also the first one was after a field day, not field day, like the Mardi Gras. What do you call it? The Mardi Gras like. Uh, uh, fair, f- uh, day. fair day fair thank day. you yes and so a whole bunch of girls had all come in there like no, we've all met me. up and, oh my god i thought you were part of that group and i was like it was amazing because they all came in and they all had different like pride colors different identities and i was like oh my god this is like it's gonna be a fuck fest well i thought that because like i we had like a group chat on whatsapp mm. well, all of us except for the organizer because she was the most like i don't know when we all met up at the pub i was like i've clicked with everyone except for her and oh. so, like, we kind of created a group chat and, like, left her out of it. <laughs> <laughs> so we were like, thanks for connecting us, see you. Um, and so, yeah, I invited everyone and I was like, I'm going. Mm. Like, And no one else came. But I kind of – I liked coming to the event for the first time mm-hmm. without anyone. Sure. You know, I didn't have to ask permission from anyone. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to, like, be like, oh, I'm going to be over there or I need to go to the bathroom or, like, yeah. checking in. Mm-hmm. You just get to go on your own adventure. Yeah. And I really like that in those sorts of spaces where you can just be like, I'm not enjoying myself anymore. I'm going to yeet out of here or <laughs> I want to be over <laughs> there. And I'm just going to... become such a big word lately. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, go on, yeah. But I... Yeah, and so I ended up here at the first Club V and then, yeah, I've been to two because there's only been two... Since, since that one, yeah. Since that one. And how and did you find it being by yourself? Like, did you – what was one of your experiences, at, uh, like, at the tip of your tongue? Um, well, I guess because I'm a sex worker, yeah. sex is something that's very normal for me. Yeah. And I think one of the things I found really interesting about Club V is there's so much talking at mm-hmm. the start. And, like, you know, Club V is three till eight. And I got there at three. Yeah. First time, all Very excited, like you know, right <laughs> on time. And, you know, they're playing Jenga on the pool table mm. and talking and talking and talking. <laughs> and, and I don't know if it's because I'm a sex worker and I, you know, I, I worked in brothels for years where mm-hmm. like, I don't need to know your name. We don't need to talk. We can just get straight into yeah. it. And so I don't know if that's the sex worker mindset of like, I'm at a play party. I mm. don't need to know who you are. Mm. But for other women... I don't know if it's as easy for them to just like throw themselves into like the deep end. And yeah. I know it was, um, I know it can be difficult, especially because some of them have partners and male partners as well. So they're without A, their partner and B, they're in a, a new environment where women generally go to clucky and talking. Yeah. And so I think because of that, it kind of can get a bit into that role of wanting to have a conversation for two hours before one person has the confidence to be like, I'm changing to my lingerie and then it's like everyone changes to their lingerie. I started both the parties. Oh, did you? Well yeah. done. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. I appreciate so the, that. The first, <laughs> the first party, like I was just talking to someone and then I just like looked at them and I was like, we're going upstairs. <laughs> and so we went upstairs and there was no one there and we stood in the middle of the orgy room for like five minutes talking and mm. I was just like, I did not come here to talk. So I just grabbed them, shoved them on the bed and – Consensually. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Consensually. You're like, I'm, I'm yes. going to go down on you. Yes. And then we just did that. And then the second time I came, instead of arriving at three, I came at four, mm-hmm. expecting the party to be started. <laughs> it was not. So I did the same thing where I was just like talking to someone for like two minutes and I was like, let's go. Yeah. Like, let's go yeah. get it on. This is what we're here for. Yeah. So. A lot of people want to just get amongst it. Sometimes it's, just, it's really hard sometimes to just like bridge. It's that. It's the, the, the gap between the social to the intimate. It can be like this massive bridge to cross. And probably mm. like you're saying like sex work might have helped you um, get past that because like sometimes it's just like, well, we're outside, you know, maybe talking about boundaries or whatever. Now mm. we're going to have sex. And it's just like, okay, great. Yeah. Um, 
I do have a question. I've never been to Club V for obvious reasons. Really? Um, <laughs> how many, like, in your experiences, how many of the guests would be partnered, whether either partnered, as Jess was saying, with, like with a, male, a, 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 a male, male, male partner outside of the club or they were here with their partner uh, at the party? And did you find that that had, as Jess was saying, some kind of impact on the way they were maybe... Interacting. ...socially or it was a roadblock to them being more intimate? I don't know if I'm the right person to answer that because I didn't really care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or did you care? I mean, I can kind of answer that because I, I don't think I've ever thought of it like that way. But there's a good 50% of the women that attend either have a partner or um, come with their bisexual partner, polyamorous partner or actual lesbian partner. I definitely noticed that there were a lot of couples yeah. of like femme femme couples. Okay. Um, and it was really... I don't know, I just it's so much fun when you're like playing with people that are like madly in love with each other but like mm. want to have mm. another experience together. I think it's like a really something to hide in it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I just when I come to Club V, I am not here to really like make friends. Yeah. yeah. Like it's it's a bonus and there are like friendships that have come out of mm-hmm. Club V. Mm. Um but when I'm coming to Club V, I'm coming for a very sort of like physical need. Yeah. yeah. And as I said, it was something that I didn't know I needed in my life yeah. until it was offered to me and then stripped away. <laughs> yeah. And then, then you're like, God damn it. Yeah. And then, yeah. Did you bring any like toys or anything with you or are you all just natural organic? I, I'm like, I love playing with toys and yeah. all the things, but- I don't know. I I think for me, like, yeah, it's fun and it's physical, but it's also like a physical intimacy mm-hmm. and I don't really need any, like, equipment to achieve that. Mm. Yeah. Like, if it was around and if the person I was playing with, like, requested it, okay, let's do it. Mm-hmm. But, like, for me, either way, I'm I'm fine. Yeah, nice. You know? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, there's definitely some girls that come with a whole kit. And then there's some that just – it's a stimulation moment in a whole. So it can be overstimulating if you start integrating, like, toys or even more than one person in the room. Yeah. But that's cool. I mean, I definitely had an experience at the second one with two women who both have male partners, but mm-hmm. they play together. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just such a funny experience because we were in one of the private rooms and there was, like, two toys on this woman and then, like – but like on like the hardest speed. <laughs> but then we're like having a conversation about like, I can't even remember what it was, but like something like really intellectual. So she's got these like vibes just like going to town on her and we're just having this like DNM while it's happening. And I was just like, this only happens at lesbian orgies, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, like can I hold can't a imagine like a queer or like a hetero party where like you're fucking and you're like, so yesterday I like, you know, did this thing. And yeah. like, you know? Yesterday I paid my bills for the, my mortgage that just went up, and you're yeah. like getting fucked by this rabbit on like ten. And it's like, and you're like, yeah. can you just turn it down? It's a bit loud. Like I, you know, the private rooms you can kind of hear over the top, yeah. mm-hmm. and I have a very loud, booming voice. And like I remember, I was playing with someone, but like also having a conversation. And I was like, kind of remember. No, I do remember. I was like, oh, yeah, I speak Spanish. And then my friends from like two or three rooms over was like, shut up, Tilly. We can hear you. <laughs> it's not sexy. And I was like, sorry. You're like, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Just muffle me. <laughs> yeah. Just put a belt. Gag ball. me. Yeah, gag yeah, me, yeah. baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I get like that sometimes. But I think it's a girl thing. Like sometimes like if we're playing with a girl um, at home, it's like, we get clucky and it's like, Jamie's sometimes just be like, please just shut up both of you. Focus like, on the task. I'm having sex with one yeah. of you and you're going down and then you start talking and he's like, can you just, mm? and I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, my mouth was full, but obviously it did not work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's, what sexuality do you identify as? Is it, actually I'm not, just, yeah, that's the question. <laughs> um, that's a really good question. Um, I like to use the term queer yeah. because it's very like nondescript. Um, and I also think that being a sex worker makes you queer. And mm. when I did my master's degree, I wrote my final essay on, about this topic that mm-hmm. like queer by definition is someone who challenges heteronormativity. 
So even though sex work happened in a heterosexual context, mm-hmm. the fact that money is involved challenges the normative aspect. Mm. So I made this whole argument that sex work by definition is queer. Yeah. So I think being a sex worker falls under that queer umbrella, but I think sex work has kind of taught me that I'm quite pansexual because like I'll have experiences at work where a client walks in and like on first look, there is no attraction. Mm -hmm. It's not that I'm repulsed or, you know, anything. It's just like a very neutral, like, okay, there's a person standing in front of me. Yeah. And then we'll have a booking and, you know, by the end of it, just based on the conversations Mm -hmm. or based on the way that we've been, you know, intimate with each other, I'll sort of be like, okay, I'm kind of attracted to you. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I think pansexual really kind of is the best describer of that because it's really about that person. Yeah. Regardless of gender, regardless of age, regardless of Mm. race. Like, it's just a connection with someone through the physical. What's the definition when you have an intellectual, like you... Sapiosexual. Thank you. Yeah. I, I, I do... I'm definitely, like, attracted to, like, intelligent people. Mm. Um, I've realised that I have a, a thing for people who, like, get up and speak at political rallies. <laughs> <laughs> like, anytime like, someone's Whoa. speaking and they're, like, remotely attractive, I'm just like, mm, marry me. Um, <laughs> and I didn't realise this You don't throw your underwear at them, like 50 cent got? I you mean, always, maybe like, underwear I should start doing yeah, that. Yeah, then they'll at, like, get your a attention. rally and then just, like, a bra gets <laughs> Yeah, it lands on the microphone yeah, and yeah. you're like... Call me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I didn't realise that I had a thing for people who spoke at political rallies until I was speaking to my housemate the other day and I was like, oh, yeah, I, like, was attracted to this person. And she was like, this is the second person in, like, a couple of months <laughs> that, like, wow. you saw speaking at a rally. And we, and what's now, the common denominator? And look, it, yeah. I will say it is sexy seeing somebody hold that confidence, confidence. because I lack all public speaking confidence. Confidence like, and intelligence terrible. for me. Yeah. Mm. Like, and a good suit. I re- on a girl or a guy, I love a good suit. The reason why I asked the question about sexuality, your sexuality was to say, obviously you've come to Club V only. Mm-hmm. Has there been, is what... Uh, would you like to come to another event? Not would you like to, but has what's been the reasoning that you've obviously just stuck to that um, type of event rather than any other type of event that we've held? So with my sexuality, I, I didn't really like come out as not straight until I was about 26 and I didn't start dating women until Mm -hmm. I was 26. Um, And I, I was a sex, I started sex work at 26. So since I've been a sex worker, I have dated men, Mm -hmm. but I've never met a man that I've been like, I want to keep dating you or this doesn't feel like work to me or, and I, I haven't shut myself off men but I'm I just haven't met anyone that I've been like I would like to see you without you paying for my attention yeah Yeah. um and so I don't know I I haven't tried it but to to me in my mind coming to a hetero event especially because I've come to Club V alone Mm. I feel like coming to a hetero event is almost like work Mm -hmm. yeah and I don't know. I feel like that is slowly changing because Mm -hmm. I have sort of immersed myself in like a lot of queer spaces and I surround myself by a lot of like femme people. Mm -hmm. And just by, by chance, like I haven't cut them out of my life, but I just up until recently wasn't really interacting with a lot of like straight men. Yeah. Um, But recently I've sort of like connected with more men Mm -hmm. and I'm just sort of like, okay, you're not all these like terrible offense, <laughs> like terrible people, <laughs> you know. And like a few weeks ago, um, we we had an event, and then we went to the pub afterwards. And I'm standing there in a conversation with two like cis men, mm-hmm. and I was like, "When was the last time I've been in this dynamic? Like, I don't had a conversation like that. I I don't know because like you know I don't for work. I my my clients are men. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I have another job, but I work from home. So I'm not in like a workspace where yeah. I'm interacting with them. And I'm, I'm in my 30s and I don't drink. Mm-hmm. And so there's not a lot of social spaces to go and meet new people sure. if you're not a drinker. Yeah. And so like I haven't really made a lot of friends. I've been in Sydney for almost six years and 
you know, most of my friends have actually come through my Instagram mm-hmm. and there are other sex workers and like, you know, we have these things in common and there's not a lot of spaces for me to be meeting mm-hmm. I just men. think that's, that's true for people in general. That in, here in Australia, it's just like even going to a place where drinking is the primary focus, like a bar or a club or something like that, people still quite don't talk to me. I'm not here to meet new people. Because of how we interact through social media and through our technology, it's taken away those spaces where you had to go like, you know, 30, 40 years ago. It's like, if I said I was going to turn up, I was going to be there. And if I wasn't, you were like, it was gone. And that's kind of, you've now got to like find a different avenue to have a conversation. But it's like, you have to go through this chat to then talk to this person, then to verify for this and even doing that, you've talked four different ways to then go meet up at a bar for like an hour to see if you connect. And it's like, yeah. I've talked to you yeah. for like six hours on the phone. We either connect or we don't. Yeah. Whereas like it's lost that you go out and you like see something attractive. You're like, hey, how are you? Now people are like, what are you talking to me yeah. for? Like, why are you talking yeah. to me? And it's yeah. always like a defense force. Like I'm a talkative person. I have a chat with random people all the time, like in my building. I'm like, hi. Yeah. And it's like, I look like that crazy bitch that says hi to everybody in my building. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I am that crazy bitch. But <laughs> <laughs> I'd like not to be seen as that crazy bitch all the time. I mean, this is where we also, I suppose, cultivate a culture here in the club where, I mean, it goes kind of against like sometimes what you were saying about like, I just, I'm just want to hear to play. But we try and cultivate, like at least on the social level, on the ground floor of the club where people can come and it's just say, you can actually, as an adult in your 30s or a bit older, meet people who are, you might not even be here to actually have sex but it's just like they're like-minded and you might be able to connect yeah. with them because you know you you don't just by being here removes it uh, removes a lot of barriers it, i get to know at least something about your mindset by you being here um so well you've already of, got something in common right right yeah exactly yeah um in saying that, though, I was thinking when you were speaking to say Pendulum might sound like the event for you. Have you heard of Pendulum? Yeah, and if yeah. I was going to come to any of your other events, it would be Pendulum. And yeah. I've already thought about it yeah. and I'm, like, considering coming to the next yeah. one. Um, because even though, like, we don't, you know, we don't say actively anywhere it's just, like, a newbie night or a masquerade or whatever is a heterosexual party. It just – I mean, most of them aren't anyway, but it it's always lent towards – the bisexuality of women is okay, but anything else yeah. is ew. Yeah, a which shock is like factor, so maybe not <laughs> ill. It's more just a shock factor. I think swingers are now getting better at uh, not being so yeah. like ew. I think it's the shock factor can turn into a ew, but I think it's a bit more of a oh, I didn't think that was going to happen, so that could come across as being ew. Yeah. So I don't think we're that bad. I think we used to be when we, like Lawrence I and I know, first yeah. opened the club maybe ten years ago. It was very much like you saw two guys make out and people were like, oh gross i didn't come to no fag party it's just like what the hell's wrong whereas with you? now yeah. it's like people are like oh like it's a bit of a shock and i think we're getting there but like every movement in life it takes time yeah. and it's like you just need to be as positive as possible to yeah. get get there Jess is right? the positive one and i can be the yin and the yang yeah, yeah. I'll see, like, we are very much polar opposite I'll for see, everything in the club i'll so. see the douchebags who are just like oh these fucking blah. i'm just like oh god i just want to Yeet you across. The <laughs> uh-huh. We should bring a goat to the club one day. <laughs> just be like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it'd be funny. Farm day. Oh, we can't really do that. That's kind of cruel. No, anyway, that's, that's but I, I will dress up as a goat <laughs> and I will yeet. <laughs> I think. I think lack of physical spaces for so many different things is is a is it's kind of like what we're talking about community. You know, like we've lost a sense of community because we don't have any places to gather as community other than bars. If you want to go out in the Mm. evening, there is nowhere for you to go. Yeah. You know, like even if I want to go on a date with someone, it has to be a restaurant or a bar if it's an evening thing. Because they're they've there even is tainted putt putt <laughs> with a <the> bar next. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, world we had World Pride in Sydney this year, yeah, and there were over three hundred World Pride events. Four of those were sober. Wow. Fuck off. Four, Four sober were sober. Events. I have so many friends who are like queer or gay and they don't drink because it's their vice and they're like, I don't want to. Or there's just a life choice. Yeah, that's me. And there was only four. Yep. yep. And oh, that, that's nuts. That, considering nuts people were like flying from overseas and like the amount of event spaces you could have had. Like you could have had a picnic day at the 
fucking park. Do you, you know can have a million the, things. Yeah. What, what what would what's the percentage of an adult population overall that would be sober or not sober or just don't drink? Practice sobriety. I think it's really hard to say because I think if you say I don't drink, there's a million questions that come from that, or like an assumption or mm. and because it's so embedded in the culture, mm. it is just like a normal thing yeah. to engage in and. Yeah, like when I tell people I don't drink, there's always like, why? Mm. And it's like, first of all, none of your business. Mm. Second of all, no reason. I just do not enjoy losing control of myself. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. work for your lifestyle. Yeah. Like, yeah. and there's been, because I've been a non-drinker for about eight years. Yep. And there's been times where I've been like, okay, I'm in a safe space. And with people I love, I'm going to have like a few drinks. Mm. And then I'll have, you know, two or three and then I'll start losing control. And I'm just like, I do not like this feeling. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah. I just don't want to do it. Yeah. And yeah, it's frustrating that there are no spaces for us to just go and explore and be, yeah. you know, I'm actually working on a business plan where I want to basically create a late night cafe for queer people and queer femmes specifically mm-hmm. that'll be open late in the evening that doesn't serve alcohol. Doesn't serve alcohol. You don't need alcohol. To, like I say that while I've got a wine glass in my thing, <laughs> but I'm a red wine fanatic. Like, But I also want to foster that sense of community because we've yeah. lost community spaces. Like, mm. you know, if you want to have any sort of community discussion, you know, I have friends who are like consent experts. Like if they want to mm. do a workshop on like consent and – you know, I, th- I thought about this a lot during World Pride because the events that I was going to that I really enjoyed were those, like, panels and discussions and, like, you know, open mic to the audience to mm. ask any question that you may have of this marginalised group of people. Mm. And then World Pride ended and I was like, why do I only have access to these sorts of events for one week of every year? Like, yeah. we, if we had the physical space... These are the sorts of things that should be happening all the time. And I think that would sort of feed into that, oh, there's two dudes making out, like, all right, you've never experienced something like that before. Come to this workshop, come to this panel, listen to these people speak. Mm, you know, Understand more. Yeah, because I think, you know, it's so easy to not understand what you don't know. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a simple fact. Yeah. And if we have spaces where people can share their experiences and share what they know, that will filter out into the community. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I actually never thought of it like that way. Like there's no space where you can have a chill sesh. Like every time I've gone out with friends, it is always orientated around drinks. I'd love to have like a chat with like, I've been thinking about um, having on the podcast a consent expert. So if you wouldn't mind, we can like, exchange like some ideas and like who we can talk to because I think it's obviously it's so foundational and fundamental to our business um and we 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 hammer at home all the time especially when people come into the club for the first time Mm. but it would be nice if like you know it's obviously Jess and I have a you know we I think we have a a pretty good understanding but it must be have nice to have someone who can speak about it from understanding yeah they've got I don't know I'm trying to think of the words They've got a clear, concise definition. Not just, no, I'm not even looking for a concise. I'm looking for the discussion about yeah. all the aspects of consent. Well, I think mm. that's one of the things I really loved about my first play experience being here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I haven't really played anywhere else, so I don't have much to compare it to. Sure. But, you know, when you come to uh, our secret spot, you walk in, they say, is this your first time? You say yes, they say, Okay. We're going to take you for a full tour. Mm. We're going to read you or tell you all of the rules. We're going to loosely remind you of the consequences if you break those <laughs> rules. Um, In a really nice, delicate way. <laughs> I, but I think that that's such, a, that's such an important part of a play party experience mm-hmm. that, you know, you don't just walk in the door, they take your phone and they say, all right, see you in four hours. Yeah. And you have to work it all out. You know, at any point while you're at one of the events here, you go and you can ask them a question. They Mm -hmm. will show you. They will tell you. Like, it's all about safety. Yeah. And I think having that as my first experience, I have been since I've been to two other play parties. And one of the ones that I went to, you know, consent, it it wasn't explained in the way that it was explained at Club V. And that, to me, felt quite unsafe. Um, and so I really appreciate that this was my first experience mm-hmm. at a place like this. And like, if I was to ever replicate my own play party or something, I would definitely be like looking to how you run these things as yeah. like mm-hmm. a guide. Yeah. 
because I think you're right, consent is so important. And, you know, I think we are sort of moving into a more liberated world when it comes to sexuality. But if we forget these like key principles of consent and communication Mm -hmm. and I mean, whatever else is involved in that, then, you know, it could be really, really dangerous to this sort of community or to these sorts of like ideas and parties and and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's interesting that like with that, um, you're talking about the potential erosion of the of consent or just losing sight sometimes of the really basic stuff. It's just like, oh, we're so advanced now that we don't even have to worry about the being being good at the basics. It's just like, no, 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 you still have to be great at the basics. Exactly. Um, I wanted to ask you about um, – oh, God. What is about it? God? No. <laughs> <laughs> well. We don't have time for that. Where do we start? <laughs> I just had a question in my head and it just evaporated. I'll go with one on my, my piece of paper. I wanted to ask you about um, – how did you? How do you find? Oh, that's the one. If you did have a partner, or you found yourself partnered with someone in the future, had have you considered like the the how the, would you the identify idea of, of, of non monogamy or continuing yeah. to come to, to play parties? Obviously, not necessarily with us, but in, in any aspect of the of the, of the the lifestyle of the world. That yeah, it's definitely something that I've been thinking about. Um, and I think you know there are a lot of assumptions of sex workers being polyamorous mm. mm-hmm. because. You have sex at work, you're having sex with multiple people, by default you're polyamorous. And it's like, well, sex at work is work. There's nothing nothing amorous about it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You got the poly part. It's like a light switch. Like you can switch it off. Like I've done sex work. So it's like you – it's a complete different thing. Like I have a different personality and I'm a complete different person. To be honest, I don't Oh, good on you. Um. It's too much work to create a whole other persona. Obviously, there is, you know, some things that I I don't do as not Tilly. Mm-hmm. But Tilly and Redacted, um, there's a lot of crossover. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but I don't know, work, work is one thing. Mm. And Tilly should be another thing. Yeah. And so how would you describe yourself then? Would, would you say that a relationship you would be looking for is a non-monogamous relationship or uh, it's monogamous? So or you, you like, fit into a category yet? My last relationship was with a woman and she was very monogamous. Mm-hmm. And so like it just like wasn't an option. Mm. Um, and at the time I had some health issues. So I wasn't really like working that much. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't really – a big thing. I was also very depressed. Mm -hmm. So like I wasn't generally feeling like sexy and horny and like I'm in the mood to like seek out things or explore or do whatever. Um, And so just like it wasn't an option in that relationship. Mm -hmm. It just wasn't. Yeah. I mean mentally I did not have capacity for anything really. Mm -hmm. Um, And I have been thinking about it like going forward – but I think to be polyamorous, because I was looking into solo poly for a while, um, which is like you're polyamorous, but the relationship that you prioritize is yourself. And I was like, maybe this is me. Mm. But I think what I've realized, especially this year, is that like I just do not have the energy to be dating. Yeah. Like dating is, is difficult. Add in being a non-drinker and then add in being a sex worker. Mm-hmm. Like it's just... To have to sell yourself. That's some intersectionality right there. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Lawrence's so, new word for the day. Well, he, he understands the concept behind it as well. So I not know. Just a <laughs> um, but, yeah, to, to think about what I want, I don't know, I think for I'm, – I'm 33 now. That's um, right. And for, like, pretty much my entire life when it came to dating, it was like, I don't know what I want. I'll just, like, see what's out there and, like, mm. see what happens. And, like, I've never really been, like, intentional with dating. I've always yeah. just been like, okay, someone wants to date me. Like, let's, I guess, date. Mm. Mm. Um, and I think for the first time recently at 33, I'm like, I think I need to be a bit more intentional with my dating and I need to yeah. really think about what I want mm. and make sure that when I'm meeting people that I'm clear about what it is I'm looking for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I am definitely polyamorous. Would I you think do, do you differentiate between? Because I, I, 
when I talk about polyamory and say swinging is like the broad terms is it's like there's kind of emotional non-monogamy and yeah. gender sexual non-monogamy. Yeah. Removing sex work out of that, which you could definitely argue that is sexual. Yeah, it's physical, just yeah. sexual non-monogamy. But, but that's like, that's work, whatever. But like, it's just like you could be, yeah, like polyamorous. It's just like, or just we go to a party or we go to a club. Whoever's there, we play, we fuck or whatever. And then see you later. You leave it at the door. That's it. Yeah, I think when I when I think about it, I don't know if I have capacity for emotional polyamory. Yeah. Um, it's not something that I've ever tried, so I could mm. be wrong. Mm. But based on my previous relationships, I don't think that that's something that I would, like, seek out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm definitely, like, I understand that physical connection is very different to an emotional connection. Mm-hmm. And so I think I would be much more open to like sexual polyamory. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think that that should be a given just because I'm a sex worker. Sure, sure. Um, and yeah, I've had two partners in since I've been a sex worker and one of them was, yeah, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. And then was like, well, now that we're like getting serious, you're going to quit that, right? <laughs> yeah, that was a woman. Yeah, <laughs> right. um, and I was like, no. You're like, no, you yeah. said you were fine. Yeah. So yeah. are you fine? Yeah. It's, and I think it's it's just a, it's almost a cliche of like any um, person who's in the. Uh, it's a in, prince charming in, fantasy in where they think they're gonna like rescue, come, yeah. yeah. And it's no matter if you're female or male. It's like it's happened to me where people have been like, oh, "I'm so fine with it," and they're like, "But like you have sex with other people for money." And I'm yeah. like, but I'm, "I'm having sex with you for free." Yeah. I was like, "Do you want to pay me instead?" Like, exactly. is this what you're talking about? I'm exactly. Like, fuck you, pay me. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now it's just I'm very selective. Well, I mean, it's funny about the selective thing because the first time I came to Club V, I was not selective. I was just like, <laughs> yes, to everything and everyone. You're like my hands and mouth are free. Let's do it. Literally, like, <laughs> you know. Just your hands just- and mouth? <laughs> Sorry. Well, I can't talk with my <laughs> vagina, so I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> my butt can't do shit. Some people are into it. I'm not going to yuck anyone's yarn. Yeah. Um, but, like, yeah, that first time I was not selective at all. Yeah. I was like, you know. Threw myself in the deep end mm. and, like, anytime someone was like, can I join? I was like, absolutely you can. Yeah. Like, let's all just jump in. Yeah. And then the second time I was way more selective about, like, what I wanted to do, cool. who I wanted to be with, what – and that's what I was saying before we started recording, when you come to these things alone and you don't have a partner and you're not there with yep. a friend, like, you can join into some – Yeah, you don't have to thing. keep having check-ins Yeah, hop in, stuff. hop out. Like, yeah. I'm here, I'm into it. Well, I'm not into it anymore. It's not like, hey, are you still interested? Yeah, or like asking permission, do you mind if I go and like... Yeah, yeah. are you going to be upset if I leave you to go play with this girl for a sec? Yeah, yeah. yeah and I so that. I really, if anyone's listening and they are thinking about coming to Club V, come on your own and just like mm-hmm. create your own adventure because I think, I think that's so much easier and it gives you so much more confidence because you're not having to like check in with someone. You're not worried about like a friend who maybe you've never played with before seeing mm. you play or anything like that. You can just do whatever you want. And also it's such an empowering moment too because you're there by yourself. Yeah. And it's like it can be such a daunting thing for men or female to just come by themselves. Like I've only just started to go to events and stuff by myself and even then I'm still a bit like well I'd like my wingman like I want my partner with me or I'm gonna go with a girlfriend because it's like I, want, I like having that support I'm such a solo traveler good like, on you I go to a lot of things by myself because I like to do whatever the fuck I want yeah mm. and I don't want to have to like be like okay are you ready to leave or like yeah. I'm gonna be in the bathroom or yeah. no I'm gonna do what I want when I want yeah, yeah. and if someone's there that's just gonna like impact me yeah, yeah nice yeah. Well, then, can learn some solo tricks from you. Well, so you could share <laughs> some uh, insight that our listeners may have about sex workers as well. Like, how have you found that sex workers, their attitude? Because you said earlier that, like, you're a sex worker and you, you enjoy and like sex. Do you find that that's common or, uh, yeah, common among sex workers? Do they have a positive relationship with sex? What about non-monogamy as well? Like, you say you probably wouldn't consider yourself necessarily non-monogamous, but... Do other sex workers consider themselves non-monogamous? It's I'm just asking broadly, like, how is yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, I think sex work is like any other job. Mm. If you have 
bankers, for example. You're going to have a bunch of bankers who love their job. Mm. And you're going to have a bunch of people who do it because that's their job. Yeah. And I think sex work is the same. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's a more intimate job. And if you're in the right mindset, there is pleasure that can be derived from the job. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember the first few years that I was a sex worker, I was very much like sex work as work is like not about me. Like I remember the first time a client gave me an orgasm and I felt like quite a lot of like shame about it of Mm -hmm. like, oh my God, I can't believe someone I'm not attracted to elicited this like, you know, physical reaction from me. But then when you start to really think about it and you're like, my body is just this like flesh vessel that experiences pleasure. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that, that pleasure, and I think for women, we don't have this thought process as often as men do, but like, Sometimes you don't need any emotional connection and sometimes mm. it can be just a physical reaction to something that feels good. Yeah, yeah they hit and all like, the right spots in the right direction in the right times and you're like in the right mood yeah. and all of that and it just it just feels good and I think I think the way that women are sort of socialized to sort of relate to their own bodies and the way that we interact with sex and relate to sex I think is very different you know, compared to men. Mm-hmm. Like, I I would love to have more female clients at work. Mm-hmm. But I think the way that women have been socialized to view sex, we don't see it as transactional as men do, mm-hmm. you know? I And it's kind of like what we're talking about, like Club V. Like, when I come to Club V, I know what I'm coming here for. Yeah. Mm. But for other people, it's not as easy for them to just get all their clothes off and, like, jump into bed with a stranger. Yeah. Um, so I think... Even if it is another woman. Even if it is another woman, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so I think... I think there's there's no group of people that you can reduce down to, like, one voice or, like, yeah. you know, sex workers believe this or sex workers all, you know, approach relationships like this. Mm-hmm. I definitely know sex workers who hate the job. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say that it's a lot of sex workers, but again, just like any other job that Mm. exists, there are going to be a group of people that hate that job. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's kind of hard to talk about polyamory and sex work because it is such a personal thing. Mm. And I don't think being a sex worker, as I said, is like a default to polyamory. Mm -hmm. Um, I know plenty of sex workers that are monogamous who are married who you know have kids yeah, and yeah. and they're very monogamous mm-hmm. and then sex work is their job mm. um but i know also know sex workers who are like horny little energizer bunnies who you don't know, look at me <laughs> you both heard at me because you, you laughed yeah because <laughs> well, it's funny it's true but you know like but they're, I, they're like little bunnies and yeah. it's, that's the description i have used for multiple friends who are a sex worker and I'm like they come to an event and some of the girls have come to Club V when I've been like guys let's all like do a Club yeah. V and it was like an eight girl orgy and it was like a fucking energizer bunning sesh it was like everyone was like toys bounce you this and I was like I, I was just the free moving thing because it was just so much easier when you've got four directors yeah. telling you what to do you're like let's do it but they are like buddies that's why I'm like I'm like that when I'm in the mood for, the, for mm. it like I love my job because I genuinely love sex. Mm-hmm. Men, women, non-binary, trans, like, I'm, I'm good for all of it. Like, <laughs> like I I'll take it all. I'll take it all, literally. Um, and so I really love sex. And for me, personally, I love my job. Mm-hmm. I love to connect with people. I love that sex work, there's no, like, average booking. Mm. You know, some people will book you and they want to do a smash and dash. You know, they just want to get in, they want to get out, and then you're done. Smash and dash. Then you've got other clients that who... That should be like what you write as like your little booking yeah. thing. It's like smash and dash. Oh, if $600. I had the space, I would offer quickies and just like a smash and dash for like 15 minutes or so. Oh, excellent. I love it. Such and like when I, when I work brothels, <laughs> like I love the people who book you for 30 minutes and you're like... You know, they're in there We're for not 10. finding each, other, each other's names. Like, we are not here for that. <laughs> you need to get this out really quickly. My, my shortest ever booking at a brothel was a guy who booked me for 30 minutes and then I set my timer for 25 minutes. Yeah. Um, so that there's five minutes at the end to shower and get ready. Mm-hmm. He was out 
I think it was like six minutes and like 45 seconds. And that's a shower before literal smash and dash. <laughs> and then a shower after it was out the door and I was like, can you come back happen? every week, please? Yeah. Like, was it good? Any good smash and dash, or was it just? Um, it was it so quick that you can't remember it? Yeah, I can't remember. Amazing. It um, That's even better. It's like it's one of those things, but like you had an email come through, and you're like, I remember seeing it, but it like it's, it's all like completed Snapchat, now. It's yeah, like it's like it's, it's gone and done. Did it happen? Because I kind of vaguely remember seeing <laughs> it, but, like, <laughs> but now it's gone, yeah. and everyone's happy. So what the fuck? Exactly. Yeah, that's so great. But yeah, I I really like sex, but it's it's really interesting because like on a personal level, I love sex, but I won't seek it out. So I can go like months without it. If it doesn't find me, I won't really seek it out because... Like a sex camel. <laughs> literally. Literally. I should put that as my tagline. Um, sex camel. But like I, I find dating just so exhausting. Yeah. And like this year for me, for example, has just been so hectic. Like chaos after chaos after chaos after chaos that mm. I'm like get a moment and I'm like, I would really love to be intimate and sexual with someone, but I do not have capacity to like put on game face and be like, this is my best self. Let's go on a date and like, yeah. let's get to know each other. And, and I think that's why I've really enjoyed club V's mm -hmm. because I'm getting what I need physically yeah. without putting myself out there without, you know, having to go on the dating sites, having to have the conversation, having, yeah. Like I've had probably more issues with women and mm. my sex work than I have with men, at least directly. Like mm. I've, I've had a number of women that I've matched with. Yeah. Then we've moved the conversation over to like Instagram sure. and like my personal Instagram, not my sex worker one. Uh -huh. well, it and gives it away mention, straight away. It's just like Tilly Hortevia. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Say who? <laughs> yeah, right between the lines. Um, and then I'll be like, oh, by the way, I'm a sex worker. And I've had two women be like, I don't want to date a sex worker. And at, at that point, I'm but like, I don't need to know the reason why. I'm not going to try and like, you just know, send argue. Just thumbs up emojis. Not even. Just. Seen. Done. Like, and you're like, we're good then, bye. Yeah. Well, I mean. That's so weird I, considering I it's date, like. I don't want to date fuck. someone that I have to educate. Like yeah, if, okay. if they need, like if they have questions that they want to like clarify or if they want to genuinely understand it, mm. I have capacity for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if I have to convince someone yeah, it's, that it's my job from, yeah. is a job, mm. I'm it's not, not doing that. Time. I'm not yeah. doing that in my personal time. No. And so dating is just really exhausting. Yeah. What sites do you use to date? If you do, sorry. It I was, was on, Field. I heard Field earlier. Yeah, Field <laughs> and Hinge pretty much are the two. Have you been on there recently? No. Field or Hinge? No. No, okay. Not I was really. on Tinder recently. I it's was, the sort of thing where like, I'm in the mood and I'll be like, oh, well, then I'll like, you know, get to know people and like be intimate and like have casual sex. And then I'll like open up the app and then I'll have like 10 people have liked you and you've got like seven unread messages. And I'm like, nah, too much. Yeah. Yes. I just you're like, that's can't. not what I needed. I just needed that one person that said hello. And you're like, perfect? Yeah, perfect. Yeah. And so. Do you find field, because I never use field or hinge, is Fields where they have like you can be like a it's the kinky yeah one. you can yeah. have like a whole different category of where you sit yeah. okay it and hinges it was originally thrinder it was supposed yeah. to be thrinder. like four couples finding a third, a third yeah uh, and then what was what's hinge is hinge. that like bumble hinge yeah is like bumble, like bumble. Yeah. okay and tinder and yeah, yeah tinder is the only thing I really kind of used because I was I like got banned from tinder because I'm a sex worker. And I wasn't selling oh, sexual services. Really? I just disclosed. Well, after I had a number of people tell me I don't want to date a sex worker, I was like, let me put it on my profile so that I don't even have to have those conversations with the people that and don't want to date banned. me. And then you get banned for being a sex worker. I got told off for being in a partnership. Like when we were dating, well, I was on Tinder and Lawrence was on Tinder and I used to have guys swipe right to then tell me off, even though I was like – I'm engaged to this particular person. He's aware I'm on this site. And people would still swipe right to be like, how disgusting, like you're cheating on your partner. I was like, my partner is on here too. Yeah. Like, oh my God, I'm so confused. And yeah. I was like, okay. And I did similar to you, but I guess I didn't write sex work. I was just like getting married. He knows, like it was all very like. D -d 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 -d. Well, my, my hinge at the moment, because they give you prompts. And one of the mm. prompts is like two truths and a lie. Yeah. So one of, on there I've got, I'm a sex worker as one of the things. Mm. And so if someone comments it and like their first interaction is like, surely you're not a sex worker. I'm like, 
definitely not matching with you. <laughs> yeah. But it's kind of like a good sort of like litmus test of like, yeah. how do they respond to this? Yeah, it's a good way to suss it out. But for me, like I, I definitely do not have the energy to pretend that I'm somebody else. And, yeah. you know, I, I worked in Brussels for years and I worked with people that were literally married and their partners did not know that they were sex workers. And I was just like, is that not exhausting? To be two different what were people. They? Like to their partner, sorry. So there was a girl that I worked with at a brothel and her partner, her husband, uh-huh. thought that she was a receptionist at a physio. So she, she obviously did day shift or something. She worked nine to five at the brothel. She'd come in in her suit. So how do you explain that your salary is different every week? I This is the thing. I don't know how people do it. Like I can get the concept if you were like, oh, I'm like a yoga teacher and I get called in on the day. But There's also downtime your entire income. You just send money to yourself in a, and just say salary. No, but, but your what, entire what, income's cash What if well. you don't get a salary? Like what if somebody doesn't book you for that whole day and you're only there for the three days? Like how do you explain that? This week I got $600 and then the week after I got two grand. Like how do you explain that? How do you get like – I get paid if I do a good job. As, like, I yeah, just, it's, it's wild. And like, I don't know. I'm I just trying to figure with, it out. I worked with a lot of people that had like these massive like secrets and like yeah. these like separate identities. And I've just never been able to, to do that. Like yeah. my parents know what I do for work. All my friends know what I do mm. for work. Like it's yeah. not, yeah. It's it's not, not something that I hide. Like the only reason I really hide my identity is because we live in a whorephobic world. It's got nothing to do with my own shame or yeah. – you know, so that I don't just want. Easier. Well, I mean, you know, a place like the US, you cannot fly to the US and you can't even fly through the US. If they know that you have done sex work, yeah. even if it's in a decriminalized context, even if I am a law-abiding citizen that pays all my tax Bills and, and stuff, yeah. everything, if the US say, we know that you're a sex worker, I am banned from traveling through there for 10 years. Yeah, so I've, a whole bunch of girls wanted to go to the US next year and they all changed their face out profiles yep. and changed their names completely yep. to like yep. covered and blurred. Like my particular profile is blurred, so I've never had an issue and I travel to the US because my partner's got family in the US as well. So yep. that was always a consideration. But yeah, it's like now come in that – even OnlyFans girls, if exactly. your face is publicized exactly. or they know that you have two phones, they question you. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck me. And I was like, I'm going through the US so twice next year. Yeah. And it's like, I've had to shut down certain sites knowing that they link to the US. And, and I'm like, it's, it's so insane how the world views sex when there's so many other like damaging things that exist in the world that we just like don't like gun talk control. About. Like they'd happily let me travel with a gun, but. I have sex for money and I'm like, I'm a bad person. I think a bit, a better (laughs) comparison because like guns isn't really a thing here. I always compare it to gambling. Yeah. yeah. Because gambling exists. Especially in New South Wales. The ethics and the morals that, you know, underpin the gambling industry don't exist. Mm. And yet, you know, there's all these discussions about like the female nipple on the internet and how (laughs) offensive that is and how damaging that is. And then, you, you walk the streets of Sydney and every bus stop there's an ad for sports bet or some other gambling thing. And it's like, why do we not consider them, those things harmful? Mm. Where are the protections against people, like, you know, to stop people from throwing their entire life savings away? Yeah, I yeah. used to manage a bar and they had a pokey room. And I was just like, I was always like resistant of going in there and doing, doing what was asked of me as part of my job because I was just like, I just like, I just didn't like it. I yeah. just like, this is just fucked up. I see people in here just like throwing so much of their money away. And then like one of my last shifts actually before I left, uh, this is not the reason why I left, but it was just like, I think it was like the last week I was there. And this woman who comes in all the time and I see her a lot, we always end up having to kick her out at the end of the night. Like we close at 10 and she'd be there at 10 past 10 still tapping. So yeah. it's like, please stop. I want to go home. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'll just let him keep playing. It's just like, fuck man. I was just like, she was sitting there and then I said, come on, we've got to go. And I got to know her name. And then she just, she walked out one day. This is the, like the last time. And then she just sort of stomped at, before she got to the door, slumped her shoulders and just started crying. And I was just like, oh, are you You're like, okay? what have I done? Are you okay? And she just I just put all my paycheck yeah. through that. And I, and I do it every Wednesday when I come in here and I just feel terrible at the end. Helpless. And like, I, you know, it's an addiction, right? is that? And I'm less like, you know, 
I mean, I always had this inkling about this particular customer, but the the to the, hear it. the, the, the law, confirmation the laws are not. I'm not allowed to ask. Yep, I I I never ended up working on the floor, but I was in training at the casino, mm. and I had to sit through a slideshow of illegal slash undesirable activities to look out for on the floor. Mm. I had to sit through three slides of what to look for um, with a prostitute. And I was like, it's a decriminalised industry, but basically it was like any solo hot woman you should keep an eye on, basically. Yeah. And it's like, hold on. So you are literally just like stealing money from citizens and – a solo woman, if she's looking hot in here, we have to remove her. Yeah, right. You know? And so, like, I – part of the reason I have my podcast is because I am just baffled by the fact that sex is still so taboo yeah. when there's all these other things that are harmful and damaging and yeah. bad for society, bad for humans, bad yeah. for humanity. Yeah. But a female nipple and, like, a sexual woman, like – Oh, be careful, mm. you know, and the way that society views us is just, it's just confusing. Yeah, let's get our priorities in order, everybody. Come on. Yeah, and sexual gambling. Sexual woman is not a bad person. And gambling. And like, yeah. you know, alcohol, sugar, like all these things. Oh, don't know. I like sugar. I mean, I also love sugar. Sugar's really nice to me. I've got a whole can of it on the floor. <laughs> that, gives us a nice seg- that gives us a nice segue into wrapping this up, Tilly. Is, can you, uh, again, share your, your podcast and wherever else any, you want people to reach you? Yeah, so I have a podcast called Whoretopia. Um, I don't know why I'm writing this down. I know this. <laughs> I was, I was going to say, we can link it at the end. We will link it at the end. Yeah, yeah we're going to link this in the show notes, everyone. But yeah, so I it's have Whoretopia. ADHD, so I make an episode whenever I want to. Yep. Yeah, that's cool. Slash when I can. So it's, your, it's a solo podcast journey. It's exactly. exactly like coming. You're, you're, not, you're not part to journey one. It's just like you don't Yeah, know. but you're allowed to do whatever you want. It's yours. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So... I don't know when the next episode will be. I don't know what it'll be. It'll be this one. You can link us together. Perfect. Certain. Perfect. So that's my next episode. Yeah. Um, I'm on Instagram as Tilly.Hortopia, but I've always been severely shadow banned because I'm a hot girl on the internet mm-hmm. um, selling sex. Um, and then obviously in the last couple of months, um, if you're not pro-Palestinian, you may not want to follow me because... That is is all I talk about right now. Um, So Zionists, stay away. I am Jewish, but stay away. You are not welcome on my page. Um, I don't think Zionists are going to be listening to your podcast. Probably not. Which is probably a good thing. Um, It's spelled Hortopia, H-W-H-O-R-E. The E's in there? Yes. Are you dyslexic? No, you're not. Sometimes, I don't don't, know. Are you not dyslexic? Maybe some very mild undiagnosed. You're a bit tired today. Maybe it's that. I get my lefts and right mixed up if I'm under pressure. Do you do this? Yeah. No, I don't have to do that. But like, (laughs) No, I saw what we were doing. We just basically called you a loser with our fingers. (laughs) (laughs) Do you do this? We're driving like, and it's just the next right coming out. I go, turn right. And you're, sorry, turn left. See, I I got it wrong. (laughs) I wanted to say turn left. See what I mean? So you had like a minor like freak out because you know it, but then you don't know it. I just say the wrong thing. And then people go to turn left. No, I, mean, I, I said right. I go, no, you didn't. It's, it's, it's when you're like out of practice of things. Like when I'm not doing my podcast, when I'm not doing my research job and I spend like a whole week doing nothing and then you have to like do something yeah. and you're like, how do I, how do I do you're things? You're like, how do I add old again? I don't know how to mm. do things. Yes. Yeah, that's why so I, could, I get it. I could never I be an Air Force pilot like playing like, Plain chicken like Tom Cruise in Popcorn. I said, break right. And I'm just like, I'll go left and slam into the other plane. Pull your hands up and you're like, okay. Don't take your hands off the the stick lines. Ah." I'm very glad. Anyway, sorry. I've gone on a wild tangent. Oh my God. Um, Thank you for joining us. Yes, uh, thanks for having me. Thanks for helping us rattle and ramble about random. I know, it's great to have a chat with like a perspective of like, you know, we don't, you know, you're just going to be a one note, one note kind of podcast. I really it sounded like I had a bit more to say. I know. There, but yeah, that was, that's why yeah. I stopped talking too. I was like, <laughs> I had something and then I forgot because I let you finish. Again, that professional aspect. I try to sound more professional than I really am. I should just just embrace that I well, just, I just ramble. Let, if it's any consolation, your setup is way more professional <laughs> than mine. My, it's my microphone button. actually doesn't work anymore. So I literally just record into my computer. 
Oh, right. Fair enough. So, yeah, yeah. This, this feels very fancy and professional. Yeah. You so. like fancy. I can buy yeah. the, the, the illusion of professionalism, but I am not. <laughs> well, you're selling it. <laughs> Thank you. I'll buy it. Okay. <laughs> We're just going to wrap it up with um, calling for our f- favourite segment, Bribery. So, for those of you who don't know, Bribery is where we ask you, the listener, to give us a five-star rating review on Apple Podcasts. We, if we read out your particular review on a month in review episode, which will be in a couple of weeks. In four weeks. Yeah. Or five weeks. Yeah. Fuck, I don't we know. We'll get January. a free entry to the club <laughs> on a night of your choice, pending availability. So the only thing you get right. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, man. Do you know how many times I stuffed it up though when you weren't, when you were on maternity leave and then. Um, yeah, Lawrence did some solo podcasts while I was away and I kind of backed him up to get a whole bunch of guest podcasts. We didn't feel like he was doing it by himself. More than one time. It's hard doing a podcast <laughs> on your own. Yeah. It's really hard. Yeah. More than once the guests had to do my rambling for me. <laughs> well, yeah, because I got a whole bunch of people who knew the podcast well. So Lawrence didn't feel like he had to sit there and be like, so guys, Jess is uh, having her baby. What would you like to talk about? Uh-huh. So I'm going to record my solo podcast um, in a couple of days as well because last year I did um, something Lawrence's, called Festivus. Or something. Yeah, celebrating Festivus. If you've watched Seinfeld, it's the the, the alternative holiday to um, Hanukkah and Christmas uh-huh. created by Frank Costanza. Well, <laughs> last night was the last night of Hanukkah, so that's it that's was. done for this year. Yeah. So and then. I do all the, the, the festivist things. It's just like we, we take... You st- rattle off everything. Yeah. The airing of grievances is my favourite one. It's just like, I'll tell you what I don't like about all of you people. <laughs> <laughs> it's I more think, about like I could do an episode like that yeah. solo, I think. A hundred percent. Like, yeah. this is what I didn't like about 2023. You cunts. Yeah. And that that episode would be like seven and a half hours long. Yeah. That's all right. People would listen. It's usually about the ramblings of entitled singles. Just be like, I've got seven, (laughs) seven set like sets, and just be like, okay, I've got one hour, and you have to listen till next week. Like you can edit that Uh shit. No, it's funny because like anytime I do like a podcast interview, I'm like, I'm so inspired. I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna like record an episode, and then having ADHD, go home and I sit down and I'm like, yeah, that's my day done. Ooh, Doritos. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I do need to eat actually. Yeah. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> We're just like having a regular conversation. It's just like stubbed out the like the cigarettes about ashtray. People putting up the tables and chairs around us at the restaurant. Like, get out. <laughs> yeah. We've always said a welcome. Thank you for listening, everyone. We'll catch Thanks you next. Thanks for having me. No worries. Thank Thanks, Tilly. Bye. Bye. Bye.